Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started RecoverYourSoul.net after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery and help others to transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions with me, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, subscribe and receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. I know that together... We can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Recover Your Soul. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome to the Recover Your Soul community. And if you're back with me, I just have such gratitude and thank you so much for continuing to choose to be on this journey with me. I know that your time is valuable and that you make that choice every time to press play and spend time with me is not missed. I really, really am filled with gratitude. So I wanted to talk today about how we go through the dark times, that there are dark days, and that even though my life has been really remarkable since I've really dug in and done the soul recovery journey, lately I've been going through it. I've been going through some dark days. This podcast is about vulnerability. This podcast is about being authentic. This podcast is about really being in touch with your emotions and having the experiences that you have help your soul to grow and evolve. And so this hard time that I've been going through is real and it is juicy and it is dark at times. And even though I just went on a trip and had a chance to kind of take a break and step away from the real world for a little bit and pretend that I was in a non-reality and just relax, I needed so much to just unwind and relax. When I came back, I stepped right back into my life and I stepped right back into some of the stuff that has been what I need to be learning. And I think about Pema Chotran's quote that, and I'm not going to say it exactly right, but that the lessons will continue to come to you in your life until you learn them. And so this process that I've been going through is interesting because it's a repeat 
of some of my previous processes. And I wanted to share it with you because I don't want you to think that my life is perfect and I don't have any issues. And now that I've done recovery, that I don't ever argue with Rich or that my kids are perfect or that my life is perfect because it isn't. And it isn't about having a perfect life. Life is not about the final destination. It is about the journey. And sometimes the river, I love thinking about the river. The river is smooth and easy and the sun is shining and you're just in the flow of everything and you just see the beauty and the glory of what it is. And sometimes the winds come and the clouds come and the rains come and the rapids come and you're holding on for dear life. Holding on for dear life. But when you're on this journey, you know that it's going to pass. And the truth is our emotions are a navigation system and they're important, so important to pay attention to. And we all have so much backstory that even though my belief is that you can't move forward if you're getting too stuck in the past, but we also have to look at old patterns, old belief systems, old structures of who we think that we are that are holding us back. And that we need to pay attention when our heart is hurting. And that we need to pay attention when our soul is aching. And that we need to pay attention when something just doesn't feel right. When we're bumping up against ourselves, when we're in a place of feeling like we have to be defensive, that we have to fight something, often ourselves, our own mind, our own belief structures. And my deficiency that I feel like I've dealt with for such a long time is being validated and being smart. And I know that from previous episodes, I've talked about how I was really well loved at home, but it was really hard out in the world with other people from a very young age. And I wasn't labeled as a smart kid. As a matter of fact, I was sent to remedial classes in elementary school. So from a very early age, I was given the information that I was less than, that I wasn't as smart as or as good as. And children are hard on each other, and I don't understand why. But I've always just been this being that had a lot of love to give and was rejected pretty soundly as a kid by other kids. And so what I learned was that I had to become or be something else to be liked by other people. And I wasn't sure what that was because I actually, inside my insides, I kind of liked who I was on the inside, but I didn't get approval for that. And it wasn't until high school, really junior high and high school, when I lived in Los Alamos, New Mexico, that I found a group of really good friends. And it wasn't the popular group. Even though I was kind of friends with everybody a little bit, but not enough to be invited to the parties, not enough to be invited to sleepovers, but enough to feel like I wasn't bullied. I just wasn't good enough is what my heart felt. So I had a group of really good foundational friends during those years, which I'm incredibly grateful for, those friendships. But even in those years, I remember really trying hard to try on different masks, different personas, different avenues of who I could be to finally be what other people wanted, what would be accepted, what would be smart enough, good enough. 
And so by the time I got to college, I think I had become a, an expert chameleon. And yet I desperately wanted to stand in my own strength of who I was. I really wanted to learn to be comfortable in my own skin. And college is also where I started drinking. And when I started drinking, I could feel comfortable in my own skin around other people. And what other people thought about me didn't matter as much. And I could have a thicker structure and I could fit in maybe a little bit more because I didn't care and it was fun and funny and and all of the social situations were just easier to handle and to deal with. And that's when I discovered the value of alcohol. And in college, I'm so grateful for those years because I also discovered that I was an artist, that I had talents, that I loved living in my own apartment that was my own, that I had decorated my own way and felt super comfortable in my own space. And I loved being there by myself, having a place where I was safe, 100% safe. But I always had to put up some level of guard out in the world. And I always wanted to be seen as somebody who was important and valuable to somebody else. And I think part of that comes because I didn't have brothers and sisters. And I had, if you've listened to the episode with my mom and I, a very low-key, mellow, single mom who really just allowed me to have my own life and uh, didn't have a ton of input, actually. So I was pretty isolated pretty early on. And so I was desperate, really interested and desperate to be part of something else with other people. And so I tended to throw myself into my work or into communities or clubs, any place that I felt like I could be accepted. I threw myself in and I was a super hard worker and wanted to prove that I was good enough. And in almost every situation that I've been in, I've been given a leadership role, which I began to really see as a definition of that value of who I was, a definition of the being worthy, of being smart enough, of being good enough. And I love people. I love connecting with people. I love making people feel good about themselves. I really, really get so much out of those person-to-person connections. And part of what I've learned in my soul recovery journey is how to be better, not always perfect, but how to be better about connecting with people and holding space for them, allowing them to find out for themselves and recognize for themselves who they are and let go of their paradigms and not need to insert or fix or try to change who they are or think that I know better. Because there was plenty of years where I thought I knew better because I really wanted to be helpful and I really wanted to help fix people and make their lives easier. As I've done all this work, I've been given all kinds of great opportunities to hit the wall, the emotional wall. And we can either look at those situations in our lives as being a reason why our lives are crappy and we're victims and nothing ever goes right for us, or we can see it as soul development, see it as soul recovery. Really, we're all in this life to learn. 
And so if I change my perspective just a little bit and I say, what am I supposed to be learning here? What is going on? What am I holding on to? What belief structures am I holding on to? Why, why am I having to learn this again? Why am I going through this again? So in my past job, my previous job, where I was an office manager, and I worked there for nine years, and I just loved that job, and I threw myself into it, and I received so much positive feedback. And it was the first time in a long time that I had really felt like I was valuable, like what I was doing was valuable. And during that same time, there was a lot going on at home and in addiction that was not all that great. And those years of the complications with the kids and Rich and I really being on opposite sides and battling each other was happening. But when I showed up at work, I had value. I had control of that situation of who I was there And it really, really filled me up. And then something happened and the rug kind of got pulled out. And it turned out that the woman that I worked for had lost her trust in me, that someone had said something to her that she never told me about, but she just changed how she reacted to me. And I really lost my way. I really lost my way. And that's when I had started drinking again. And actually, I think it really propelled me to drink even more because I was, that was the one place that I felt confident. That was the one place that I felt like I had purpose, that I had a mission, that I knew who I was because I was struggling with who I was so much in my home life. I wasn't being a good wife. I wasn't being a good mother. And those failures were so deep and so hurtful that I was putting all my energy into work to recover any feelings of positivity or worth that I could scrape up. And so for the next two years, it was really complicated at that job. And it just got messier and messier and messier. And there wasn't a kind of communication that allowed me to know what was happening. So I made up a whole bunch of stories in my head of what was happening. And most of those stories, thank goodness, turned out to not be true. But even when we're believing things that aren't true, when we're in that process of really having our minds hold on to those thoughts, yes, they were true. And I just beat myself up for two solid years. And it became very clear that it was time to leave. And then the beauty of law of attraction and power of belief and all the things that happened, I literally was plucked by a recruiter and put into a job that was safe and quiet and didn't have all those expectations and just allowed me to heal. And I've told the story before that actually it was a data entry job and I could listen to podcasts and spiritual books. And I just filled myself up. I refilled my spiritual buckets, as I talked about last episode. I just healed a lot of stuff. And I dug in deep into my recovery from alcoholism. And then I was offered a job at the spiritual center that I work at. And interestingly enough, I am still that same person that has been there the whole time, all the way from being a little girl that felt super rejected. And so 
I'm always looking for a place to put my heart where I can feel like something from the outside is giving me validation. And as I've said before, I'm no expert in the things that I talk about. Really, when I talk to you, I'm talking to myself because this is my experience, strength, and hope. I am showing to you and telling you the stories of what has been my experience because I know that we are kindred spirits, that each of us has these experiences and none of us have gotten to a place where we don't experience pain or suffering anymore. And so there was so much buildup that happened in my current job that was really wonderful. And it was filling that space for me again. And I am not sure what has been happening, but something has shifted. And I have to be cautious about how I talk about it because I know that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are also part of that community. So I really want to express that this is really about me. This is really about my own reactions and my own belief structures and my own blocks that I experience. What I came up against again was this part of me that gets too big. When I was at the other job, I got too big. I got too self-confident. I got too engrossed in believing that I was something really special. And it didn't go well with the management of how I thought my job was versus what they thought my job was. And they lost trust in me. And somewhere in it, the same pattern has happened. But I come back to the place where this is my lesson. Something needs to be learned from me of how I interact with people, how much energy I put into something, how much I am putting into the desire for my external circumstances to be filling me up, and how I can allow that to get me off track. Because when I'm sitting on my couch in my living room studying spiritual tools, when I am meditating, I am whole. I am without need of any external anything to tell me that I'm okay. I feel the connection with my higher power. I feel the connection with knowing that everything is working out for me. And I get so jazzed and excited about sharing that with other people because it is when I'm in that moment, it actually doesn't matter what's happening on the external circumstances. But I still struggle, just like as I was a little girl, walking out into the world and having to interact with other people, wanting, desiring interactions or having expectations that are really based on me and what I want instead of being okay with just what is. And I have a piece of me that doesn't like to be told what to do. And I have a piece of me that doesn't like to be corrected. And I have a piece of me that way, way over sees it. <laughs> I think because I wasn't in trouble very much as a kid, that when I have a correction it really blows me out of the water because I don't actually know how to have those kinds of corrections and still be okay. 
just like I was talking about with my metaphysical soul sisters yesterday, that because our family didn't have any discipline or yelling, I just was so good and it was unnecessary. I didn't know that you could have a big fight and still be loved, that you could have an interaction, a tough interaction, and that it meant that everything was going to be all right. What I thought is if you have those big, tough, hard interactions, that is that it's over. Those relationships are over. So I've spent a whole lifetime learning how to protect myself from these from these pains. This is what we do, right? This is how we survive is we create these walls, these doors, steel doors that we put up around our hearts when we start to feel afraid. And the truth is, I think what I'm really afraid of is that this bigness that I start to feel, this wholeness that I start to feel, and this is really the wholeness of my soul, that I have been looking for for so long, the wholeness of my my inner being, my inner self, that doesn't have anything to do with all these outside circumstances. It's the part that is pure love, that loves you so much, that loves me so much, that knows that I can fall down and I can get back up and everything will be okay. The one that wants to hold you when you've fallen down and say, you've got it, you can get back up. And I think that I get overexcited and overzealous about what I want, almost like a little kid, you know, that I have these big dreams of Recover Your Soul. And I want this to grow into a community where we are reaching out and connecting with and supporting each other and that soul recovery becomes a term that is synonymous with any of the other soul development terms. Not because I want to be special or recognized, but because it just feels so important to share this message. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid that my beliefs are too big. So when I find myself in a situation where I'm having a a similar experience, very different, very, very, very different, because the players are very different in both of those stories. But in the workplace, I'm having a situation where I show up in a way that makes other people not trust me. And that is not my intention. But I am doing something that I need to look at of how to rectify that. And I need to figure out how to not then beat myself up like crazy. Because that's the dark days that have been there, is that when I'm in a healthy place, I can see this is part of my learning structure, that this is okay, that this is the rapids, (laughs) this is the rainstorm with the lightning and the thunder, but that I'm okay. I'm in a solid raft that is being held by source, being held by higher power. And higher power is back there paddling away as I'm just holding on to the edges. And I'm going to be okay. But I want to learn the lesson that needs to be learned. But the first place that I find that my, my wounded little girl goes to is a really critical hard place on myself. That I beat myself up like crazy. And I go back to feeling less than and feeling worthless and stupid. 
and that this whole thing that I think that I'm doing is really a dream, a silly dream, and that I should really just be small. I know that's complete bullshit. I know my true self, my whole self knows that that is just a frightened child. And that all the players in all of these stories and all the stories of our lives are so complicated because we all have our own emotions. And it's absolutely okay for in the workplace or in relationships, for people to have boundaries, to have be pulled back to what is supposed to be happening, to make corrections, to even have situations where you're reprimanded. And that's not my situation, but but I was corrected. And it really, really, really threw me off guard. And I want to learn how to be able to be corrected and to not have it throw me so hard. I want to learn how to have difficult conversations. I'm doing better at it all the time. I'm doing better at it all the time. But I want to be even better. What happened in my other situation went years. And this isn't... (laughs) you know, a month or so. But in this past month or so, I have really been through a lot of emotional turmoil is the word that I want to use, but I'm actually feeling my feelings. And there's something really beautiful about the fact that I'm actually feeling my feelings because when I was checked out, when I was in the depths of my alcoholism, everything that I did was to not feel. So the truth is, I'm allowing myself to feel. And I can tell that this piece of what is holding me back is holding me back from really letting the glory and the brilliance of whatever is supposed to be happening in my life happen because my ego wants to keep me small. My ego is saying, oh, see, you stretched out too far. You got too big for your britches. You thought that you were somebody special. So you just need to come back here. I'm going to give you a spanking and you're going to go sit in your room and you're going to be small and quiet. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? When I say it out loud, I just think, what is that? I want you to be big. I want you to be magnificent. I see the glory of who each and every one of you are. I want you to stand up in the truth of who you are and feel your wholeness. I want you to be able to go through your emotional situations and touch them and taste them and feel them and let them go. And I'm in my situation and I'm allowing myself to feel it and be here and be sad. And in it, I feel the support that I never felt before, that is part of the soul recovery, this knowing that I'm aligned with my higher power, that this is part of what makes us stronger, that we have to go through the tough times, the rapids, to be able to really access our true full self and to know what we want, that There's some clarity in what's been happening that tells me what I'm not wanting and gives me clarity of what I do want. And one thing that I really want is I want to be in 100%, no matter where I am. If I'm in a conversation with somebody, if I'm at dinner with somebody, if I'm working with a client, if I'm giving a talk, either on a podcast or at a spiritual center, if I'm 
working on a project at work, whatever I'm working on, I want to be 100% in. I don't want to be checked out anymore. I spent too many years being checked out. And sometimes being checked in isn't easy. Sometimes being checked in means that you feel, you feel this heartache and this part of you that wants to expand and this other part of you that's holding you back and trying to keep you numb and small. Even though I would never go back to drinking, these kinds of feelings were the ones, these were the ones that my addict didn't want to feel. And I thought what gratitude I have for this podcast, for this community, for the people that love me, that there's some place that I have responsibility and accountability for so that I can't make a decision that is off the cuff and comes from that really dark space that would lead me in a different direction. I'm actually being helped by you. And the truth is I'm okay. That I actually know that this is important. That this is breaking apart and opening up and breaking open some part of me. And I'm going to be stronger and I will be fuller and I will be more authentically myself. I don't want to play small anymore for anyone. And I want to be able to be part of a team and I want to be able to take criticism and I want to be able to walk through hard times and I want to be present for people And I want to be present for myself. And this lesson that I'm learning is actually a lesson about being okay, about being whole, about being full, about it being okay to be the fullest self that I am, regardless of outside circumstances, and that I don't have to please those kids when I was little. I don't have to please or morph to anybody else's standards to be myself, that I must be my authentic self. I have to be that self for me to have a full, full life. And I continue to feel like the inspiration that I have to just walk one day, one step, one step, one step in the directions of my dreams is bringing me closer to my dreams. And as I sat on the beach in California and recorded my podcast on the beach, I thought, this is my dream. That Recover Your Soul is a mission of mine. And reaching people through podcasts and through coaching and through whatever else is coming forward to me, I am open to it. And that coming back and kind of having this hard re-entry where I thought that I was okay, and then life kind of coming and bumping up against me reminds me that there's still work to do, and I'm okay. That the judge that wants to come and hold me back doesn't have control over me. That the part of my ego that wants me to be small and to stay in my room and be quiet, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm grateful for this opportunity to learn. And if I see the beauty 
in what has come through me, the emotions that have been able to come through me, the things that I've been able to look at, those belief structures that were so solid from the time that I was a little girl that I can look at, look at it and say, that's not true. That's not true. And be the fullest expression of myself. And have gratitude that I've been able to bump up against this thing again in a work environment because I want to be a wonderful person to work with. How am I going to be my best me? And how am I going to put my best foot forward? And how am I going to be all in in everything that I do? This is what I'm learning from this experience. And my heart has these feelings. And thank you for being with me through (laughs) crying through the episode But I also feel this lightness and this connectivity and this fullness and this wholeness and this knowing that this was an important part of my journey and that this too is part of who I am and this too is making me great. So when you're in those situations in your life where it just feels like, why again? Why me? Why do I have to go through this? Give yourself a chance to feel those feelings. Listen, is that my judge that's beating me up? Is that my ego trying to make me stay small and quiet? What are my belief structures that I'm holding on to that are making me have to learn this lesson again? What can I do different? How can I learn? How can I grow? How can I expand? How can I be more connected to higher power? How can I trust and know that this is part of my process? And how can I believe and see and trust in the wonderful greatness that I am and see the divine perfection that is our soul that has nothing to do with the external circumstances of our lives, the pure love that is within each of us. When I connect to that part of myself, I know, I know that everything is working out for me, for my highest good. And this too, this darkness, this hardness that I've had to go through is only benefiting me in the long run to be a happier, healthier, wholer self. I thank you for your time and listening today. I thank you for your support. I'm here to support you. We're in this together. Together, we can do the work to recover your soul. Until next time. Namaste. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode offered you some tools and guidance and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. If you'd like some support and encouragement with your soul recovery, book a coaching session with me. When you are ready for change, it's amazing what can be done in just a few sessions with some support. There's never any long-term commitment. This is your personal journey, and I'm just here to be a guide and assist you in connecting with your fullest and happiest self. Go to the website, recoveryoursoul.net, and there you can find out more about me, book your coaching or spiritual counseling session, subscribe to receive our email updates, listen to some of my music. I have some originals and I've had various bands over the years. You can also read the blog that includes stories and insights from the Recover Your Soul community. I want to thank you for supporting the production of this podcast. Every single donation makes such a big difference and you can donate on the homepage of the website. Also by following, subscribing, reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform, you're helping to spread the recover your soul message. 
I hope that you'll follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and even join the private Facebook group and become part of our transformation community. Share who you are, share where you're from, share your story. Let's all connect. Until next time, namaste. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.